Hello everyone and welcome to episode 29 of the Unlocking British English podcast. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to try and help you guys better understand the British education system. So I know that in every country we all have slightly different education systems, we call the types of schools different things and it can get a bit confusing, so I thought that in today's episode it would be a cool subject to go over, maybe I can help clear some things up for you and just talk a little bit about uh, what the school system is like here in the UK. Uh, but before we get into all of that, just a quick reminder as always, if you would like to download the transcript for this episode, you can do that on the website right now, unlockingbritishenglish.com. Uh, I will just apologise to those of you that do uh, download the transcripts because the last week I was a little bit slow with a couple of the transcripts, but um, back on top now, organised. So yes, if you want the transcript, you can go download that on the website right now. So yes, the British education system. Um, what can we say? What, how can we start this? I probably should have planned how to start this, shouldn't I, given that it's my uh, podcast. Well, the first thing I guess that we can say is that in Britain we have compulsory education from the ages of 5 until 16. We have compulsory education, meaning you have to go to school or you have to do some kind of official education. From the age of 5 until the age of 16, you have to complete some sort of education. Um, and we have what we call a national curriculum, uh, which was created in 1988. And that was, that was created just to standardise learning throughout the country. So um, a curriculum is just the, t the content that you teach, the content that a student learns when they go through a certain course or a year of school or whatever like that. Uh, so when we say a national curriculum, we're talking about uh, standardized content that is taught to all of the students throughout the country. So it means that no matter what city you're in, what, what part of the country you're in, you're going to be learning pretty much the same stuff at the same time. So, of course, there are slight variations. You know, one school might read one book and another school reads a different book, but overall it's going to be pretty much the same thing. Uh, and obviously that just means everything's fair and equal. Uh, people can transfer from one school to another a lot easier and different things like that. Uh, and so, yeah. So even though the education in the UK is only compulsory from the age of five, there are education options before that. So the first option that we have for education in the UK is what we call preschool or nursery. Uh, so this is for children ages three and four. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like an introduction to the idea of school, right? So in preschool, in nursery, you're not really studying, obviously. You're not really learning. Yeah, you might do some stuff, colours, animals, alphabet, fine. But you're not studying properly. Um, the, you know, the main idea is to, well, one is to get you out of the house and away from your parents, right? Because for a lot of kids, that's uh, a bit of a traumatic experience at first to just go off to some random place and sit with some random kids and this random teacher who's, you know, I don't know. That's weird at first for children. So the first thing is just introducing them to that. Um, but the second is just, yeah, it's like uh, it's like a diet version of school. Yeah, like you, you get introduced to the idea of the uh, socialising, of having a teacher, uh, listening to different people and, you know, just getting used to that environment. Um, and so... 
the preschool or nursery, we call it both. A lot of people will call it preschool, other people will call it nursery. Uh, neither one is correct. Um, but the preschool in, in the UK is partly funded by the government or partly state funded. Um, they give you a certain amount of time that is free and then if you want to you know have your kid go to preschool for the more amount of time for a longer amount of time uh, you would have to pay um, so the amount of time they give you basically works out to around 15 hours a week um, and so yeah you know some people will just use those 15 hours other people will pay money to have their kids you know stay for longer do more days or whatever it is um, some people don't go at all but most children will go to preschool will go to nursery uh, because if you don't it's very difficult starting primary school it, it's just this whole new environment and it's going to be really hard so yeah the first thing that we have is preschool for kids aged three and four uh, that is usually state funded um, and then yeah if you want to do more you can and so yeah from there we go on to what we call primary school so this is our first taste of what we could call proper school right um, so you at primary school in the UK from the age of five until eleven uh, so some children might be four years old still technically when they start primary school but they'll be turning five uh, very soon. So yeah, you start at five, uh, you finish at 11. Um, and so yeah, like I say, this is where we start to get our first taste of proper school, right? We have real subjects, we start to, you know, pr properly study things, we start to get homework, maybe. Um, yeah, this is where school starts. Um, the vast majority of the schools in the UK are public schools, they're state funded schools, they're schools that, you know, you go to for free. Um, but we do also have private schools um, and so we have private primary schools and we have private secondary schools which we'll talk about the other school in a minute um, but private primary school is just a, a smaller version of primary school so you don't have a different curriculum you don't learn about different uh, subjects you don't learn different things to, to a child that would be going to a public primary school the only difference is you have smaller classes smaller groups and so you have more attention more focus on each individual student um, so you do have the option of private school as well of course they're gonna you know the prices and things like that are gonna vary um, I do feel like private schools in general are becoming less and less popular in the UK. Um, I don't know whether it's to do with image or whether they, they don't actually get results that are that much better than public schools or whatever it is. But yeah, at least from my perspective, uh, the, yeah, the popularity of private schools in general is going down. But like I say, most people go to public school uh, when they go to primary school. If you were to go to a private school, you would learn the exact same things, but you would learn it with less people around you, so you've got more time to engage with the teachers and, and do all of that kind of stuff. And so once you get to the end of primary school, you we do we have these kind of final exams, which we call our SATs. Um, so that might be something that some of you are familiar with because the Americans use what they call SATs as well. And so that is our, just our final exam to kind of give us an idea of where we're at in our learning. Um, and it will start to determine what level we're learning at 
in our in the next stage of our learning. So once we finish primary school at 11, we, we do our SATs. From there, we then go on to what we call secondary school. Uh, so secondary school is from 11 years old until 16 years old. Um, again, the majority of these schools will be state funded, will be government funded, will be free for you know the citizens of for the British citizens to to attend. Um, and yeah, like I say, this is where we start to. Um, well, the first difference is we start to get grouped a little bit more specifically by our ability level. So this does happen in primary school, but not as much. Once you arrive at secondary school, you start to get put into the level of class that, that the teachers think is appropriate for your level. For example, with English, uh, I had four levels, level one, two, three, and four. Level one was the highest group, and level four was the lowest group. Uh, I was in level two for English, if you were curious. Um, but yeah, but different classes, uh, different subjects, sorry, had different numbers of levels, but you would be grouped generally on your ability. With science, uh, we had the option of doing what we would call double science, which was combined science, the biology, chemistry and physics just all together, um, or triple science, which was where you studied those three subjects individually. So you had one class that was physics, one class that was chemistry, one class that was biology. Um, things like that. You started to get grouped based on your ability level. Um, you also start to develop a little bit of autonomy in regards to your your learning. You, you get to make some choices as to what you're learning. Uh, not straight away, but in your third year of secondary school, uh, so when you're sort of 14 years old, that's when we start to choose what subjects we want to carry on with. Um, so usually we have subjects grouped together. Um, for example, you have like history and geography. You decide whether you want to continue with history or geography. You decide whether you want to continue with uh, science as one subject or the individual scientific subjects. You decide whether you want to do woodwork or metalwork or whether you want to do music or art or whether you want to do IT or, you know, you... you some subjects are compulsory, so actually as I say that, English was compulsory, maths was compulsory, and there was, uh, IT was compulsory as well. Um, outside of that, we started to get to make our own choices as to what we wanted to continue with. We could choose which language we wanted to study, or if we didn't want to study a language. Um, and so, yeah, you start to develop a little bit of autonomy, but not much for the most part, right? You're still doing, you know, what you're told. You're studying a lot of stuff that maybe you don't understand. You don't know what the relevance is, etc., etc. But um, yeah, so secondary school from uh, ages 11 until 16. Uh, and then once you get to your final year, we finish our secondary school with uh, another set of exams, final exams. These are what we call GCSEs. Um, I don't actually know what those letters stand for, so if you're interested, you can you can Google it. Um, but yeah, we do our final exams, uh, and and that is where we get our grades for well whatever we want to do uh, in the future. And so yeah, we finish school 16, do our GCSEs, and then as far as your compulsory education is concerned, you are finished. If you never want to learn anything ever again. Uh, you don't have to, or at least in a in an official environment, right? Uh, so you finished, you're 16, and you're done. So 
what happens then? What are our choices once you've finished school? The first option, of course, is just to go out and try and find a job. Some people will do that. Um, and of course, some people will be successful, but for most people, it's very difficult, right? It's not easy to go and find a job with no qualifications, well, no specific qualifications and no life experience. So not a lot of people decide, right, I'm just going to go and try and get a job. Obviously, there are some people that don't concern themselves with the next step of their life. Maybe they'll go off and try and, you know, just get a, a part-time job and they'll just enjoy life for a little bit. Um, but yeah, most people will, will try and further their education in some way. So there's a couple of ways in which we can do this. The first is we can do an apprenticeship. So an apprenticeship, just in case you're not aware, is where you will go and work for a specific company within a designed training program where they will train you uh, within whatever it is that they do in that industry and you will go through their training and at the, at the end of that you will be uh, an employee of that company. So usually you'll get paid during an apprenticeship but it's really, really low. Um, as an example of an apprenticeship, I have a friend that I was good friends with in school. He decided to do an apprenticeship when he left school. Uh, he did an apprenticeship in a subject that's called aerospace engineering, uh, which I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know, I know exactly what that is. But basically, he fixes planes. He works on planes and different stuff like that. Uh, and he's always been super happy with his choice. You know, he came out of school, didn't necessarily have something specific that he wanted to do. So he found a job that sounded interesting. He got trained and he's been working, you know, since we were 17, 18. Uh, and he's never really looked back. And, you know, there's there's good things and bad things, of course, to every choice. But, um, yeah, apprenticeships can be a really good choice for a lot of people uh, because it gives you a bit more of a direct path um, to a specific job. But most people don't do an apprenticeship, I don't think. Uh, most people, after they finish secondary school, so once you're 16, you've done your GCSEs, they'll move on to what we call college. So this is where things, I think, in terms of terminology, start to get a little bit confusing, especially if you're somewhat aware of the American school system as well. Because college is not the same as university for us. They are different things. So college is actually what we do for as preparation for university, basically. So college is a two-year period after secondary school, so when you're 17 and 18, so what, 16 to 18. Uh, and like I say, this is preparation for university. So there are two styles of studying that you can do in college. One is to do what we call A-levels, where which is where you'll pick three or four subjects uh, and you will study those uh, in depth. Or you will do what we call a B-tech, uh, which is where you have like one subject and you study, you just study that uh, and you study lots of things around that idea. Um, a lot of times, uh, so a, for example, A-levels you can pick like normal subjects, right? Things that you would do like in any kind of school or whatever. So you could, you could pick politics, you could pick philosophy, you could pick English language, you could pick uh, whatever. Uh, a B tech 
is often something that is aimed towards like a certain job. It's something that will, you, for example, you might do a BTEC in painting and decorating. You might do a BTEC in public services, like for to go work in the police or in the army or something like that. You might do a BTEC in uh, sports coaching, something like that. It's something where there's kind of more of a specific job that you would want to get at the end of it. But anyway, it, you go to college for two years uh, and that is pre preparing you either for university or to go off and get a job afterwards. Um, and so the biggest difference between college and secondary school is is a lot more of an individualized learning experience. So the first thing, obviously, is that you've chosen the subjects. So no one's forcing you to learn anything you don't want to do. That's revolutionary at that age, right? Because it's your first experience of that. Um, but the, the other thing in the UK with college is that it's a lot closer to the university environment in terms of the level of pressure that's put on you as a student. So college isn't compulsory, it isn't mandatory. So if you sign up to college and then you only go like every now and then, you, you don't finish your work, you're not turning up to classes, you're not going to get into trouble you you there will be a, a letter sent to your house probably to notify but nothing has to be done you're not in trouble there's no like if you if you're in secondary school and you just skip school you don't go to school your parents can get fined they'll they have to pay money they'll get in trouble because it is you're breaking the law but it's that's not the case with college this is all down to you so college is much more of an attitude of listen if you want to be here turn up show up do the work if you don't want to be here don't be here and 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 uh, that is what i mean when i talk about this idea of like preparing for university because that of course is what university is like you know you you're paying your money to go and learn a subject that you're interested in so you need to be in charge of your learning you need to be accountable for what you're doing and so college for us in the UK is kind of like an introduction to that we have this two-year period where you know we've left our school um, you know you're in a, a new environment often with new people and different things um, but you're you're in charge of what you're doing you're starting to mature you're starting to have to look after yourself and decide okay what is actually important to me uh, and so yeah college we do for two years uh, either you do a levels or you do a b-tech uh, so with a levels you're doing the classic studying with an exam at the end and then a b-tech is more kind of coursework based so you don't have big exams when you finish a b-tech you just you do the work you you do your coursework throughout the year and then you get your final grade based on uh, all of the work that you've done through that period and so yeah once you finish college obviously if you want to you can then go off and get a job but the final part of our education system here in the UK is university so obviously university again not compulsory it's up to you um, and I wanted to just talk about the the way the university works in terms of finances because a lot of people ask me about that how does that work um, the university system in the UK I think is pretty cool we have what we call a student loan system or what is called a student loan system so where if I was to sign up to university now well if I were to sign up now me myself as an adult it would be different but when you're finishing school uh, you have access to the student loan system so 
what this means is that the government will actually pay the costs for your university. So the government will pay the tuition fees, the fees that get paid to the, to, to the university. And then we have different schemes that are set up that will give you loans to pay for your accommodation, to, to pay for your food, to keep you alive while you're there, etc., etc. Um, it's based on how much money your parents earn and different things like that. So if your parents earn a lot of money, you won't get much money from the uh, from the loan from the government. Um, the tuition fee is always paid by the government, but the rest of it is dependent on your financial situation. And so, yeah, the government pays for your tuition. And then what happens is once you finish your degree, once you finish university or if you leave whenever you're done with university, um, once you have a job and you are earning a certain amount of money, that is when the government will start to then uh, ask for that money back. You'll start to pay back the money from your student loan. Um, but the reason why I say it's quite a cool system is because, firstly, you don't get charged until you have a job, until you have a job that actually pays a decent amount of money. And even then, you're still only paying back a small amount of money. Most people don't really notice it. Like, it's not something you have to you you have to budget for, right? Oh, God, I need to pay my student loan this month. I need to make sure I don't spend too much money. It's just a little bit of money each, each month. Uh, and so... It means that university is, you know, totally accessible for everyone. It doesn't, it doesn't matter uh, whether your parents have got loads of money, whether your parents have no money, whether you have no parents. Everyone can go to university. Um, obviously, which university is going to depend on your grades. Um, some universities will uh, will want higher grades for you to be able to get onto their courses and things like that. But financially speaking, anyone can go to any university. Uh, and I think that's awesome. And so, yeah, I guess that is the education system, um, or at least my version of ex trying to explain to you how the education system works here in the UK. Like I say, the only compulsory education we have is from ages 5 until 16. Anything before or after that is up to you. But um, yeah, we start at preschool, we go on to primary school. Then we have secondary school. Once we finish secondary school, we can go on to college. And if we want to, we can finish with university. And with finishing university, you will have completed uh, the, um, yeah, the British education system. So, yeah, hope you guys have found that somewhat interesting or, um, yeah, maybe you've learned a couple of things. As always, if you have subjects you'd like me to talk about, please let me know. Uh, message me on Instagram or on the website, whatever. But, yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and I look forward to speaking to you again in the next one.